Brothers and sisters and beloved critters, happy Sunday. Let us pray. Almighty Creator, I pray that the words of my lips and the meditations of all our hearts and minds will be pleasing and acceptable unto thee. You are our guide and our destination. Amen. Well, the past few Sundays together have been bold and wonderful times for making memories. And we've had a lot going on around here. Uh, and so we're going to take things a little bit easier this Sunday uh, and continue to ask God for healing and healing. I need healing in my house for little tiny children who get the autumn gripe. Uh, healing and then prayers that they don't spread it. <laughs> so I'll be a little brief today. Not only for that, because I've, I've been a little bit long-winded the last couple of weeks. Today is a story of healing. It's a story of healing from the Gospel of Luke. And how appropriate are healings in Luke's Gospel. Luke, the physician. Jesus, the physician. It's a story of healing of ten lepers and the gratitude that is shown by the last, the tenth leper, the Samaritan, the outsider among outsiders. The simplest way that I've come to understand this story of grace and gratitude is that God dispenses grace to everyone, everyone in need regardless of their status in life, of course, but that those most in need of grace are often the ones who respond first with gratitude. It's a story, it's a, it's a little gift for the faithful outsiders, the strangers. I don't. Maybe you're a stranger. Maybe you feel like a stranger sometimes in your own life. Maybe you dance to the beat of your own drum. Last night I hung out with 90 people who ate a dinner entirely composed of food that had been foraged in the woods. It was a strange drum beat that we danced to, but it was good. Everyone survived. Maybe you're someone who's spiritual but not religious. Or a lot of folks like that last night who could experience the wonder of the spirit of the natural world. Their religious practice, they leave that to folks like us. Maybe you don't know when to stand up or sit down during worship. I'm going to give you a secret. It doesn't matter. If you don't stand up or sit down, God still hears you. And uh, we're not Catholic, so you'll never be reprimanded uh, in this church. The story is for all of us. It's a good story. Ten lepers cry out to Jesus for healing, and all ten are healed. Yet one turns back to Jesus Christ with thanksgiving, and that one is a Samaritan. The hated Samaritans, the Samaritans, the outsiders, the foreigners, the aliens. That one's an outsider, an outsider amongst outsiders. When I first arrived in seminary in Chicago, when I was 20-something, uh, I was not exactly a fully formed Christian. Uh, I was on fire with the zeal of the convert, which is exhausting and exasperating for uh, the theology professors because they hadn't really had a chance to screw the lid down on my crazy ideas. It happens like in the second year of seminary. You know, they say in the first year of seminary, you're like, I, I kind of think I know what I believe. And the second year of seminary, you're like, oh, I definitely know what I believe. And then the third year of seminary, you're like, I don't, I don't know anything anymore. So, then they send you to the churches. <laughs> But when I started seminary, I was very fresh on my Jesus journey. And I found myself surrounded 
by students who were mostly what we call cradle Christians. Kids who grew up in the church. A lot of preacher's kids. Uh, and those wonderful Christian kids that never want to leave church camp. Mentally speaking, uh, you know, I was there with them, but I had like just read the Bible. It was news to me. You understand? It was good news. But it was fresh, and my faith was a little bit too hot from the anvil to touch. Uh, and I had never been to church camp. Um, I went to chapel there at that seminary in Chicago in this beautiful place, and I worshipped with all of my heart until it was time to sing. And the worship leader stood up and said something like, we're going to sing Amazing Grace, just the, fir just the first, third, and final verses. And there were no hymnals. And I didn't know the words to Amazing Grace, let alone the first, third, and final verses. Well, what a way to turn a would-be insider into a spectator. I sat and comforted myself by saying, someday you'll know the words to Amazing Grace. Worship sometimes can make accidental outsiders from goodwill people, um, but most especially from the freshly faithful who are looking for some good news. When we do this, it's almost always entirely on accident. Sometimes in churches, we get so used to doing things when we make announcements. We'll say something like, uh, hey, next week is the $10 Bingo Bazaar raffle. Of course, you all know how that works. Just talk to Frank after church to get signed up. <laughs> Imagine you're a visitor that day. You don't know anything about that. <laughs> church announcements really are for people who are already insiders, almost always. And I encourage you all and remind you all to wear your name tags. It's great. I'm going to teach you a magic spell, all right? Here's how it goes. You see somebody after church. You've seen them a million times before, and you know that you should know their name, but you don't. And so you say something like, Hi, there. <laughs> How's it going? You don't have to do that. You can say, actually, here, repeat after me. Repeat after me. I'm sorry. I should know your name. I forgot. It's okay. You don't have to say that last part. That's, that's, I'm telling you, it's okay to say that. It's okay to say that. I see situations, and sometimes the name just flies out of our head. Or somebody gets a haircut, and you mistake them for a visitor. <laughs> they've, been, they've been a member there for 20 years. Give grace. Give grace in good measure. Um, you know, it's a feeling sometimes we can feel totally alone, even when we're standing in a big group. Um, it, it's a... Uh, I think of this, boy, this story I heard that was told to me by a young woman at a church I served. She invited her boyfriend over for dinner for the first time, and she was a cradle Christian, and her boyfriend was not. I think he probably was a lapsed Catholic or something, and her father not knowing this, asked the young man to please uh, say grace before dinner. Uh, why? Why would you do that? Anyway, I know why. I would do it. That'd be funny. You know, you just want to see what he's going to do. You want to make him sweat a little bit. So, you know, of course, he doesn't know what to do, so he stands up. So then they all stand up. 
Maybe he's some kind of Mennonite or something. Who knows? And he looks around, and now everybody's standing up. He takes his food, and he lifts up the plate. So everybody lifts up their plates. <laughs> and he says, thank you, God. And he puts the plates down. Put their plates down and sit and eat. Be careful when you ask people to say grace, you know. It, uh, so the, the, in this region between uh, Jerusalem and, and, and Samaria, these 10 people have been stripped of their, of their personhood. They've been made into outsiders, but there's a group of them. There's 10 of them in this group, and they've been put away from their village. They've been sent away and shunned. And these 10 people have nothing but faith and desire nothing but mercy. Compare then to the disciples we spoke about last week. It's an increase our faith, increase our faith. There's no point in this story where it indicates that these lepers have anything but faith. They simply ask for mercy. So one of them, however, even though it seems like it ought to be impossible, God wants us to know that one of those ten is even lower than the other nine. Somehow, one of them is even lower I don't know, but perhaps those nine other lepers are saying to themselves, well, we may be shunned and hated for being sick, but at least we're not Samaritans. At least we're not like him. Oh, that's impossibly hard. We've talked about God's preferential option for the poor before. Um, God's desire to be with the poor. And, and I'll share again just as a reminder. Imagine a parent has two children one of them is living on their own, has a job, doing fine. The other one is stricken by illness, suddenly sick, suddenly in need of love and care. And what does the parent do? Do they divide their affection and love and care perfectly amongst the two? No. They flee to the sick one. They run to the one in need of help, and they pour resources out for them. And it's very easy for the other child to say, like the older brother in the story of the prodigal son, you have two kids, why do you love him more than me? The parent says, of course I don't love him more than you, but he needs me now. It's God's preferential option for the poor. It's not about loving any of us more or less. It's about God's desire to go to those who are in deepest and most painful suffering. And so for those of us who perhaps, like the nine lepers or others, are suffering less. The way that we get on board with Jesus is to go to them as well. Not to say us versus them. Not even to say that, oh, it's okay, I don't need God's grace and mercy, but rather to say if God is on the side of the poor and Jesus is with the poor and I am not poor, then I am on the side of the poor and I am with the poor. That's, that's how we work our way into the story. Now, the, the leper, this 10th leper, it denied even the community of suffering afforded to the others because of his ethnicity, <clears throat> because of his ethnicity, something about him that he cannot change, that he did nothing to deserve, and the others, something about them that they don't want to change, did nothing to earn, but were born with. I know that in many points in our lives, we've felt this acute sense of poverty, denial of community, and somehow paradoxically held by and simultaneously denied community because of who or what we are or believe. 
I mean, sure, maybe you're sitting in church on Sunday, but it feels like you're the only one that doesn't know the words to Amazing Grace. How ironic. Would you believe that everyone is at some point in their life that tenth leper? Everyone. Every one of us is wrestling with our own sense of alienation, isolation, abandonment. Some of us are just better than others at hiding it. That's the truth. When, if that tenth leper, what if he knew that Jesus is a Jew and he's a Samaritan, what if he assumed that Jesus wouldn't heal him, would only heal the nine Jewish lepers? How cruel would that be? And perhaps that might have been a safe assumption for him if he'd been treated with cruelty by others. And yet, she is healed. He is healed. They are all healed. And so he's the only one that turns and says, thank you. Thank you. Here's, a, here's another thing. When somebody joins a church, somebody joins this church, we've had several folks join recently, um, or even if they're just new around here, it, it can be isolating. It, it can be hard. It's hard, to it's hard to be a joiner these days. It's easier to just kind of hang around. And, and it's way easier to not do something than to do something. And that includes worshiping on Sunday. When you first join a church, you look out at this sea of faces, hopefully friendly faces. It's a very automatic instinct to assume that every other person you're looking at has been a member of that church since they were born. You're the newest member of a church. The automatic assumption is everybody's been here forever. Um, and it, it, that's hard. I mean, there might be somebody that came to the church and joined a month ago. And if you're new, you may think they've been here forever. Huh. Um, when I was in that chapel service and seminary, sadly not singing any of the verses to Amazing Grace, it never once occurred to me to look around for the other dumbstruck newbies who perhaps also didn't know the words. I know they were there, but I was in a place of isolation feeling that I was the only one, alone in my aloneness. But even God, we feel and experience the presence of God because God's love for that stranger, it transgresses our socially imposed isolation and reveals that our strangeness is loved by God, specifically. The oldest words in the Christian liturgy, the oldest words of Christian worship that we have, going back to the second century, are the following. East or West is the Greek plea. Kyrie eleison. Kyrie eleison. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. It's on the lips of all ten of those lepers. All ten of those lepers cry out, Lord have mercy. And it's on that tenth leper's lips as, as well. The outsider amongst outsider. Those words are for all of us, regardless of where we're at in life or how we're doing. They're for you. Kyrie eleison, Lord have mercy. That's the only prayer. Now, here in this room and here in this community of worship, there is a great diversity of beliefs. We don't have, we probably don't, there's no way that we have like nine lepers who believe all the same and then like a tenth leper who's different. Uh, at St. John's, this is like, like the church of the tenth leper. Um, maybe the whole UCC is the church of the tenth 
leper. Anyway, we've got a lot of individual faiths and journeys and understandings. And we've got some heterodoxy here. We've got a little sprinkling of heresy. You know, that's fine. You, gotta, you can't make a martini without a little dash of vermouth. So, um, we're not big on dogma. And I know that many of you, all of you in some way perhaps, are wrestling with a tension between your sense of alienation from a group and from the group balanced against the reality of your unconditional reception, the mercy and grace of God. It's not an easy walk. But today, the message of the gospel is this, if it's anything. The message of the gospel, the message of the tenth leper is just as healed as the other nine. And it is perhaps his individuality, his difference, that offers him the courage to turn after that healing and praise God with a loud voice. Because despite what he'd been told, despite what he'd been told perhaps his entire life, Jesus Christ came that day for him, for him specifically and especially, for him unconditionally, for him with no reservations at all. So praise God, all of us together, individually and wherever we're at, whether you know the words to Amazing Grace or not, Praise God, because all of us might be tenth lepers at some point, but Lord has mercy. Lord has mercy on us, and Christ Jesus comes for us all the same. So praise God. Amen.